<laughs> ah, the things we learn, people. So I had, well, I finally figured out what exactly went wrong with the audio in the last two. Um, yeah, this genius right here, you know what he decided to do? He decided to set the mic up in reverse and wondering why the hell his Yeti, which is like a $200 mic, wasn't really performing. Well, now we know. And it was just by accident that I was uh, looking up on a YouTube thing and go figure. YouTube for idiots uh, or people who just are technologically challenged. I'm not calling myself an idiot, but I mean, I am. <laughs> we all are. Okay, here's the thing, people. We're all bloody morons at something. I'm a bloody moron on a lot of things. Um, you know, don't trust me with most things, but um, when it comes to uh, sorting out wellness, I'm at least somewhat savvy there. So today, now that I just like sucked up 35 seconds of your life through talking about my technical difficulties. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, histamine. That's what we're going to talk about here today. So histamine receptors are proteins situated in various parts of the body that bind with histamine to produce a specific effect on the organism. So there are four known receptors designated H1 to H4. The receptor that the histamine reacts with is dependent upon where the histamine is released in the body. So why is this important for you to know? If you're dealing with gut recovery, any kind of chronic infections, low-grade infections, uh, some of which, especially dysbiosis, they can create excess histamine in the gut. And that can have deleterious effects, everything from increased heart rate, skin rashes, uh, brain fog, anxiety, any number of things. So I wanted to bring this up because someone asked me this recently, like kind of like, what did I do to biohack my way back to uh, a state of more optimal functionality? And one of the biggest setbacks for me was my histamine uh, overload because there isn't really such thing as histamine intolerance, but there is overload. So think of it as a bucket. If you overfill that bucket, it's going to fill, it's going to basically, that water is going to drain into two other buckets below it. And then those two other buckets can be deemed as different symptoms. And if those overflow, then there's four buckets under those. And then, you know, so on and whatnot, the symptoms kind of cascade. And you can modulate this by taking various herbs and to essentially address H1, 2, 3, and 4. Because certain ones affect certain sites. Um, so I decided to start with H1 and stinging nettle was the first one that I came across that I knew I had some good results with in the past. So I went for organ harvest and I decided to do six to nine capsules of that a day within three to four days. I noticed a difference, um, just, you know, less dramatic increase in tachycardia overall, less itchiness at night, um, and just overall feeling better. So I did that for about a week or two, and then I went on to H2, um, which is going to be actually the one that was probably more prevalent for me because that's going to be found in like the parietal cells and the stomach lining and within um, just overall gastrointestinal uh, areas. Uh, but you can also find these in the heart, uterus, vascular, uh, and smooth muscles. Um, excuse me. I probably should edit that out, but I'm not going to. Um, so... The H2 receptor um, that I added in in terms of the agonist for that 
that's a natural approach is whole holy basil. So that it took, I mean, the day of, I noticed a difference, but about a weekend, I really noticed a difference. And so I was just stacking these two H1, H2 uh, agonists um, to help decrease the impact of histamine on those two uh, receptor sites throughout the body. And I never got to H3. Um, so essentially H3, those are present throughout the nervous system mostly, particularly the uh, central nervous system. And they regulate histamine in the body by inhibiting the further synthesis of histamine. So the more of these receptors that are triggered by histamine, the less histamine is produced in the body. And then H4 is relatively new in the sense it was discovered, I want to say, around 2001. Um, these receptors, they regulate the levels of white blood cell released from bone marrow, and they've also been shown to direct mast cells. And that one's you know particularly interesting for me. Uh, and they're located in the thymus, small intestine, spleen, and colon, and uh, bone marrow. And the basal fills, which actually is also another interesting thing to notate. So I never got around to playing around with H3 or H4 because the holy basil and the, uh, and by the way, the holy basil is also from organ harvest. I am not, I'm not aware of a company that has a more potent or fresh singular herb formulas as, well, I guess they're not really formulas. They're just single herbs. Um, that company does have formulas, but those are the two single herbs that I used. I'm going to switch back from herbs and herbs just to screw with y'all. Um, <laughs> so these were fundamental for, uh, reducing tachycardia, uh, improving, um, postprandial tachycardia, improving nighttime tachycardia or nocturnal uh, tachycardia and overall itchiness at night, which would happen sometimes and was just telling me that my histamine load was high. And so if I take both these, I just feel better. I never got around to the two herbs that I was aware of that would address H3 and H4. And I'll talk a little bit about those in a minute here. Um, and I, I will actually get back to experimenting with that just to see. I'm not sure it's as much of an issue now because this, since doing the carnivore diet, particularly raw carnivore, or really rare or blue steaks, um, it just is not so relevant. And uh, and I, as I updated, you know, about 103 days of rare carnivore. Well, I guess about half of that was rare. Um, my reactions to food have changed pretty dramatically. So now I can eat chocolate, red wine. Now, granted, I'm doing red wine from Dry Farms. So it's like less than one gram of sugar in an entire wine bottle. And I'm only doing that maybe once a week. So, but it's nice to be able to, you know, enjoy a drink like that and chocolate or oh shit. Like I'm, I'm eating a ton of chocolate and it's, it's kind of incredible to see the difference all with mainly the primary difference has been because of the carnivore diet, particularly the rare to raw carnivore. And so you know, I'm, I'm going to, you're going to hear that in this podcast a lot because I have tried over 420, you know, experiments pretty methodically uh, laid out and uh, nothing has held a candle to uh, raw to rare carnivore diet. Now, mind you, there are some very specific nuanced details regarding how I do that. And so I'm not recommending that as a blanket statement for people to try. But so just something to keep in mind. Another thing is, 
there are certain kinds of bacteria that help degrade histamine. And I'm going to leave a, a note or a link for one of those specific products by Seeking Health. And I found that to be helpful as well. And those are usually the bifidobacterium like Longum, Breve, Infantis, um, and Bifidum strains that typically you're going to find will help break down uh, the histamine in the gut specifically. And I mean, you can go even further. Uh, there's a product that will, it's DAO, so it'll break down histamine on a real big level, but that gave me really weird cardiac symptoms. Mind you, I'm a really weird freaking case, so don't take that as a likelihood for you. So quercetin, uh, and there's a variety of different kinds out there. Those can help. I didn't find they did jack shit for me, to be quite frank. Um, holy basil, on the other hand, was really helpful, and it's also a uh, mast cell stabilizer, which is probably why I was finding that to be effective, plus it helps manage stress. And while I'm not psychologically or ego, egoly, egoly, I'm making words up here, guys, um, from an ego perspective, I don't generally see myself as a stressful person. Um, but I live with a lot of excitement in my brain. So my nervous system doesn't see that any differently than stress. So even though I don't think I'm stressed, my nervous system apparently thinks I am. So the, so these are some strategies you can look at nettle for H1, um, holy basil for H2, and that one's going to be, I think, particularly beneficial for a lot of people, and that because it is a mast cell stabilizer as well. Um, and these bifidobacterium strains in a very specific sequence, and I'll lay out a specific company uh, to help degrade some of the histamine in the gut specifically. And then there's some green tea that can also make a, make a pretty big difference. And of course, I mean, even just simple things like vitamin C, uh, B1, 2, 3, 12, zinc, um, these all can help with histamine-related symptoms. And and I'm going to dig up the research on, on Yamoa. And so the Yamoa herb is pretty interesting because um, it's a natural way for, it's basically a natural antagonist for H3, which I'm not really sure there's a whole lot out there known other than that product and one other maybe. And so... Why is this important? This first, a lot of people, especially with neural uh, regulatory issues, um, the H three receptors they regulate histamine release, uh, particularly in the central nervous system, as I discussed earlier. And as a result, the H three receptors inhibit the release of multiple neurotransmitters that histamine normally stimulate through other receptors, including GABA, acetylcholine, norepinephrine, glutamate, and dopamine. And um, much like H1 receptors, they play a large role in calcium channel and cholinergic um, input. So this leads to wakefulness and vigilance. Um, and so it's really helpful to pay attention to. And it's difficult to find. That's the problem. So you're going to see it known as Funtumia elastica bark. Uh, the herbal name is Yamoa, Y-A-M-O-A. So um, it essentially contains a chemical known as uh, conessine, uh, C-O-N-E-S-S-I-N-E. I'm probably butchering the hell out of pronunciations here, everyone. Don't mind me. Um, so this directly antagonizes, and with pretty significant potency, the H3 receptor, uh, which leads to simulation and awareness. So this uh, conessine 
uh, it's being basically a natural H3R blocker. So it can also increase general metabolism and reduce appetite, which can be helpful for promoting weight loss, which obviously I don't need. Um, but there's other things. Uh, well, since Yamoa protects against peripheral effects of histamine, it tends to lower uh, histamine elsewhere. So this should ensure that histamine plays its role in the brain without being active enough to cause itching, allergies, and asthma. Um, so some people will report, in general, like headaches from this supplement. And it's something, you, it might increase blood pressure, so just pay attention to that. But that's another product that I think you might want to check out and just see, you can get it on Amazon. I want to say the last time I checked is probably around like 59 75 or 60 bucks, something like that. And it, it can definitely have a stimulant effect. Um, so pay attention to it. And the other herb I was referring to is called Kutaja. So it's an Ayurvedic herb, uh, spelled K-U-T-A-J-A. And so this one has a variety of benefits in terms of helping with diabetes and just general common infections in the body. Um, so if you if you have sensations such as like nausea, flatulence, constipation, um, nervousness, insomnia, vertigo, or anything like this, um, this product could be very helpful for you. And it may actually even help with fevers and things of the like. So it has antimicrobial um, properties, so just pay attention to that because it does have uh, anti-biofilm properties, which it, for those individuals that might be really sick or dealing with pretty tough dysbiosis like myself, um, it, this could be very similar to garlic, and it could kind of stir up the hornet's nest. So pay attention to that. Start really small. As if any of these these products or herbs, you really want to start slow. Anyone who says that herbs cannot mess you up clearly has not experimented that much of herbs because they can they can run you down to the ground pretty goddamn hard. Uh, I mean, I've been taken down by a variety out of the 420 experiments that I've done plus in the last four and a half years. Um, it can really mess you up. So that's another one to check out. Um, and that's also another H3 antagonist. And then we're going to talk about an H4 antagonist here shortly. Which brings us to prickly-leaved elephant's foot, also known as Elephantopus scaper. So I don't really know jack shit about this one. Sorry to just be a complete moron here. Yeah, the, the, I just wanted to put this one out there for other people to check up. The reason I'm not actually going further into it is my internet connection. <laughs> just took a shit so um i knew a decent amount about the other other three that i mentioned offhand um but this one i don't know much about and i never played with so but it's on my list and it should be on yours too if you have histamine issues always keep experimenting all right everyone this this is a long podcast i feel like it is i haven't checked how long but it seems ungodly long how did you listen to all this lot of mumbling and rambling and i know i talk too freaking fast anyway i hope you all have a groovy one and i'll get more of these out to you with hopefully better sounding audio so just remember to keep on experimenting and we'll see you next time all right cheers